Hi friends, I'm Tanya Luna, psychology researcher and writer. And I'm Brian Luna. I'm trying to figure out a cat's long con. And you're listening to Talk, Talk Psych, Psych to, to me. me. A show where we take research out of the lab and into the street. Let's get into it. <laughs> I can tell you right now, I don't think we're going to live long enough to know the cat's long con. Yeah, I, I, because the, I just read that it blew my mind that they're the only animal that ever domesticated itself. So well, like, wait a minute. Isn't it pretty obvious? We clean up their poop. We feed no, them. No, no, no. But, they but, do nothing but they, in return? No, no. But there's a long con here. It's like generational long con. They're, 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 they're planning something. Okay. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I'm telling you, they're planning something. Okay. All right. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. No. No. So actually, I want to get started with uh, recreating a little mini version of an experiment originally conducted by Allison Woods and team. Okay. Are you up for it? Yeah. You know I am. Okay. So in a moment, I'm going to use an app to measure how effectively you sing a song. Oh, y'all. First of all, this is very kind of tiny, but I don't sing in public really. Uh this isn't public. It's just me and you in the room. Oh, I guess it's And okay. thousands of and listeners. millions. <laughs> no, so I, I, I was told a long time ago by someone I used to formally date. Oh, it was formal. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was very formal. You signed but something? Texas. 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 <laughs> uh, it was in Texas. Uh, no, but and they told me I couldn't carry a tune. So I, 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 you're the first person Okay, I so ever we're going to find out me. empirically right now whether oh, you can't carry a it's tune. Is this about... We're just well, how are you feeling right now? Nervous? Okay. I mean, you just told me I'm going to sing. Okay. Do I know the song? Okay. Can so I pick I'm gonna, the song? I'm going to give you a little ritual okay. to do. You have to follow it precisely, and you have to do it in under a minute. Okay. Hold on. Let me okay. let me take off my chanclas. <laughs> this is. I need to feel grounded. <laughs> and what are chanclas? Just for listeners. Flip flops. Flip flops. Sorry. Okay. All right. So you're grounded. Um, okay. You're going to need the salt. You're going to need the piece of paper. I have a piece of paper. And you have a pen? Yeah, I have a pen right Okay, here. so you have one minute. I'm going to time you. <laughs> and then uh, the song that you're going to sing is Don't Stop Believing. Oh, jeez. Do what? The whole gonna, song? No, no. I'm going to give you I'm gonna give you instructions. And right. then when I say go, I want you to start singing. Okay. Okay? All right. Uh, so here are your instructions. Uh-huh. I want you to draw how you're feeling. <laughs> okay. Sprinkle some salt on it. On? On the drawing. Count to five out loud, crinkle up the paper, and then throw it. Not at me. Throw it behind you. And then sing? Yeah, and then you have to start singing. Okay. All right, ready? Draw, wait, can I just yeah. draw how I'm feeling, put some salt on it, put yeah. some stank on it, and then throw it behind me? Crinkle it up, throw it crinkle behind it. Ready? Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to figure out how I'm feeling. Jeez. Okay, okay. Ready, okay. set, go. Uh, uh. I don't know if that's really... Yeah, well, you didn't say. Count to five out loud. Oh, while I'm doing this? One, two, three, four, five. Just a small town girl living in a lonely world. She took the midnight train going anywhere. Oh, all right. That's it. That's it. Boy. That's all I needed. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, man. I didn't click start on my little app. We didn't do it. You didn't do the thing. (laughs) What the hell? All right. Before I tell you why, how'd you do that? You know what? At this point, I don't even care. I just felt really, that was so weird and like, like new age shit. That was like, throw some Himalayan salt on it. Put some stank. Throw it behind you. Forget it. I feel like I was back in like acting school 101 or something. 
I didn't actually, for the record, tell you to use Himalayan salt. That was that was your choice. Well, you told me to grab salt. I'm not going to grab table salt. I don't know what the occasion is. Himalayan salt goes with everything. All right. What do you think today's topic is? Uh, distractions, or or like um, or like what do you call it? Cons smoke, or smoke like screens. smoke screens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so no, today we're going to be talking about the psychology of rituals. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Oh, shit. Pull up a chair, baby, because you don't know what you just started, because you know my background. You know where I was, how I was raised. Yeah, so. yeah. You're All rit- right. ritual rich. You're rich with ritual. I'm ritual. So you're ritualistic. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So going back to this experiment that we uh-huh. just recreated, yeah. Allison Woods and team, they had participants sing Don't Stop Believing in front of a group. <laughs> okay. Uh, before performing, they had some participants take part in the same exact ritual that I just had you do. <laughs> And the other group just tried to calm themselves down. Okay. What's your hypothesis? Is that rituals lower the blood pressure, give you some kind of control before you're going into something that you have no control over? In other words, like going in front of an audience, you have no control how how they're going to accept you or not accept you, right? Yeah. Um, And, you know, as a performer, you get up there and you're like, holy shit, I don't know what this crowd's going to do to me. But to have a ritual... You're like, okay, well, this worked last time when I did this, yeah. or this this is going to work because I'm doing something special. I'm already I'm already a foot in the door. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you completely got it. I'll tell you the results in a moment. But first, what's the worst thing a crowd's ever done to you? Um, me nothing. Uh, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so no rotten, no um, tomatoes were ever thrown at you. Not not thrown at me, but I've probably gotten some bad reviews. I'm sure. I mean, look, I've gotten bad reviews on this podcast. So you know, it's like the worst. You're not gonna have. Worst but no of- one's done. Then you've never had like an angry. No mob one's ever followed me home. Down. No, <laughs> burned okay. me an effigy okay. or something. No. no one's okay, there. so here's what Allison Woods and team found. So they measured accuracy of their singing. Mm-hmm. And they also measured self-reported anxiety and heart rate. They didn't measure blood pressure, but they did measure yeah, heart, heart rate, rate yeah, sure. as kind of like a a marker of, mm-hmm. of anxiety and fear. And uh, what they found is that doing the ritual reduced anxiety and mm-hmm. actually improved performance. 100%. Just like you guessed. I agree. So, okay, we're going to talk about the psychology of ritual. Sure. What is a ritual? Ritual is something, um, some kind of a set of actions that you do that you think in your mind has some kind of it has an effect on the outer world right mm. so like it, it, it you, what it really does have an, have an effect on the inside like what you're doing but you think if i wear these same stank socks every game <laughs> i'm going to score this many points like i did the last game because if i change them now so it's this it's this set of circumstances you have to put together in order to have a proposed outcome a certain outcome yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, i mean you you totally got it and what's the difference between like ritual versus routine a routine is like I wake up, I brush my teeth, I put my deodorant on. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of like I put my deodorant on, and then I brush my teeth. Well, a routine is something you do that you don't have to think about. That is kind of like your brain telling you, "Hey, I've got this." You think about yeah. something else. So it's almost like one is it's kind of mindless, mm-hmm. and two, it it's doesn't deliberate. have to happen in very specific yeah. order. Yeah. Like it's okay. Well, for me, it does because I have a little OCD. So yeah, but, but it's interesting because you turn your routines into rituals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like a normal person, I'm sorry, or like. Me, for example. <laughs> like, I could brush my teeth wow. and then put on my deodorant, or I could put on my deodorant and then brush my teeth, and it doesn't matter. And you don't have to put equal amount of strokes of deodorant on no. each arm. Okay, so, right. So, so routine could be mindless. It doesn't have to happen in a particular mm-hmm. order. And it's not like I'm putting on deodorant because I think it'll bring me good luck. I just 
want to smell sufficiently pleasant for you to want to be around me. Yes. So, exactly. So, rituals have very strict rules. There was a joke there, but I didn't want to... I was like, I'm not going to put it out there. Oh, does she stink? Because no one knows you. Like, there are people that don't know you on this podcast, and I don't want anybody to get the idea that you stink, so I didn't make that joke. I feel like you've just given people the idea that I stink. (laughs) (laughs) That was a lot of (laughs) airtime. For a thing tell, that... Tell people that you don't stink. You, she doesn't stink. Y'all. Okay, now it sounds like you're trying to convince people. I smell fine, y'all. I smell neutral. <laughs> With my vegan deodorant. Okay, so rituals have meaning. And so they're like, they have symbolic value of some kind. And they don't always and have, have to make sense. rules. Like to other people, Yeah, like one ritual... thing doesn't have to be connected to the Absolutely. outcome. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. like my deodorant... For me, might represent I'm going to be really focused today, but maybe mm-hmm. deodorant for you represents that you're going to have a really lucky day. Or yeah, because I don't use the same deodorant every day. I pick a different deodorant for like what I need to do that day. <laughs> really? Do? Yeah. So your different deodorants mean different things. Yeah. Well, mean different. Well, hopefully, mean different. Like, can you give us? Can you give us like what's one <laughs> flavor? Is it flavor or is it not? Flavor I'm not if tasting you don't it. Eat it? Uh, uh, scent. scent. Yeah. What's one scent of deodorant? What are two different scents of deodorants and two different outcomes that they're meant okay, to have? Okay, so um, the eucalyptus and mint <laughs> one yeah. is meant to have like a pleasant day. Like that's meant to smell good if we're going out to like dinner or um, oh. going to see friends or something. Then I have this one. <laughs> then I have night panther, which is uh, more of wow. like a. <laughs> <laughs> Then it's more of like a I'm I'm gonna be moving around and stuff, and it has to do double duty. Okay, all aluminum so. free. <laughs> so <laughs> oh I, don't, I, don't, I don't do uh, okay. Aluminium. So it's like it gets you in a certain mood or mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And if I and if I do the eucalyptus and mint and and move and have to work, yeah, that would like feel really weird. weird. Yeah, I feel well, I get that. I mean, there's probably something actually real in there. Like you wouldn't want to spray lavender and then run really fast. Uh, okay. Like, I'd want to spray lavender and take a nap, but I don't know if that's Oh, well, you were the one. I didn't even know lavender meant naps or anything. Yeah, maybe that's just an association. All right, how about actual rituals you have? Do you have any rituals for performance? Like, whether it's Mm -hmm. sports or... Because you do a lot of stuff that's, like, either athletics or creative performance Mm -hmm. or public speaking or teaching, all those kinds of things. Like, they're very stressful. Yeah. You're sober and single? Tune in to the Sober Dating Podcast with Kathy Vandenberg. We are constantly evolving and learning new things. This is why at the Sober Dating Podcast, we not only talk about expanding your love life, we share space with the many subjects that surround love and recovery. Through exploring our traumas, we build ourselves into better human beings, ultimately becoming better partners to those we choose to connect with in love. Join us as we explore the richness of sober love, beauty, many experience, and solitary life and how recovery brings it all together. The Sober Dating Podcast, new episodes weekly. Join us for conversations that will set you and your love life in a new direction. So when I was, I remember when I was in high school and uh, I was playing football, I would read comics before a game. Like, you know, we had like hours before a game. Like we'd have to be there either... It was either after school or it was on Saturday or something. So you'd have to be there for a while. You have to be there for a long time before the game actually started at 7, 7.30 or whatever. So um, I would read comics and and I got some of my other, t- most of my other teammates, like we would read comics. We'd just pass them off to each other. Hey, have you read this one? I got Ghost Rider. I got this. I got that. And um, that was really good for my brain. And that now was, was really that good. a routine or was it a ritual? 
that was a ritual because if I didn't read a well, there's never a time I didn't, I never, I never risked not doing it. Mm. Um, but for acting, like, uh, if I was doing a show, um, our theater was on the theater that I performed at uh, a lot was on 44th street between eighth and ninth Avenue. And I would walk from work, uh, which was like 80 something in, in Broadway. I would walk the same route all the way down to the theater. Um, I'd leave work at like three or something like that, four o'clock. And I would walk down to the theater. The show started at eight. Whoa. I would walk down to the theater. And I, was it a specific like, path, path that you would take? Every, I would even cross the streets wow. at the same spot um, to get to the right side oh, of the road. So, and this is giving me flashbacks too. And then too. I'd stop by two bottles of water, candy, snacks that I would never touch because I was too nervous. Uh, before everyone got into the theater, I would sweep the stage myself. I would um, like sit in the middle of the stage Talk my lines uh, when no one's there. Just like go over my lines. Talk to the talk to the audience as if you know they were. And then and that was it. And that was my way of like being there. And you just know? grounding yeah. yourself. Yeah. And right I now. did that every performance. Every, didn't. No matter how many times you did the didn't same matter, show. Didn't matter. Yeah. Wow. I was saying that. Uh, I was just going to say that as you were talking about this, this gave me flashbacks to when you first started teaching. And it would make you really nervous. So you had this soundtrack, your like pre-teaching soundtrack that you would talk about singing. I mean, that was some of the most like exuberant singing I've ever songs. heard. But it was like the same songs in the same order. And you were like dancing and yeah. belting it out. I and... would time it. So like I actually had a timer set on my phone. So it would go off an hour and 15 before teaching. An hour before teaching, 45 wow. minutes before teaching, 30 minutes before teaching, 20 minutes before teaching, 10 minutes before teaching. And then I would, I would, I would have songs like set up. Wow. So it would take me through. So those. I have to admit, maybe for the second time, I don't know if I've already told you this, but like, I kind of am judgy around your rituals in part because they would like <laughs> you would shake hate. the floor and make it really hard for me to concentrate on my work. <laughs> but, but some of the songs are from Aladdin. I'm not going to lie. Couple of <laughs> yeah. You were going through your Aladdin phase. So for me, I can't think of a lot of performance rituals. I, in part because I'm, almost late so often yeah. that I don't even have time Yeah, you kind of like roll in so and I like go straight roll to in the and stage. I have to do the thing like, and oh, I'm God. like sweating which is totally fine because I'm I have deodorant, yeah, you have deodorant. but you know I was a little bit judgy of you and then I started <laughs> digging into the literature of you like the mm -hmm. research on rituals and it turns out so actually various researchers have found that higher performing athletes actually engage in more rituals hmm. so it seems that there is this strong correlation between, mm -hmm. at least in the sports world, but I imagine that this pops up in other areas, more ritual seems to be related to better performance. It's also possible that people who are just better happen to have more rituals, but it seems like it would be the other way around. I can't think of one athlete that I love and admire right now from as long far back as I remember to now. That doesn't have a ritual. I mean, you see it right now. LeBron James has his, like, the, the chalk that he throws up in this before every game. You know, he has the chalk thing. And every time you see a fighter come out, uh, especially in the UFC, uh, they have their headphones on. Meanwhile, there's music playing. Like, they have their entrance mm. music. That might not be the music they want. So they have music playing that maybe they don't have the rights to, but they have it on their headphones. Oh, so they wow. come out with headphones. And that's part of their ritual is, like, get, to get their groove, to get their rhythm on, yeah, to get yeah, their yeah. heart getting at just the right pace. So when you hit the cage... Because there's a long time from the moment you walk out 
to the moment you throw your first punch, there's a long time and there's a lot of opportunity for other per- other person to get into your head or yeah, yeah, yeah. other things, other things to get into your head. People yeah. in the crowd, oh, there's my dad, there's my mom, you know, like, there's my cousin. Hey, that guy was before bucks and then boom, <laughs> you're right in the thing. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I think, I think rituals are important and I can't think of anybody hmm. who really, cause the more you care, the more anxious you get the more you need something to calm you down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. okay. Well, so I'd love to share with you at least three key reasons from the research that rituals seem to work. Okay. So number one is they seem to pretty consistently reduce anxiety. So it's interesting. So ritualized behaviors are particularly likely to emerge under high-pressure, high-uncertainty situations. (laughs) Uh, An extreme version of this is OCD. Yeah. But it seems like it's almost our body's way of coping with extreme stress and uncertainty. So wait, um, are you saying I, so my OCD comes from the same place my rituals come from? Oh, OCD is very closely linked with anxiety. Hmm. It's our brain's attempt at coping with extreme anxiety. You know, my family used to laugh at my uh, quirks growing up, you know, but now we know I probably, well, I, I have OCD. So when I was a kid... I would take out my toys, line them up, uh, set them all up, and then put them all away. And a lot of kids do have that. Yeah. It's just with you, it's stuck around through adulthood. But it was it was because of anxiety. There's yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of uh, uh, unknowns. Yeah. With so OCD, and maybe we'll do an episode on this too, You know, the, some theories are that it's not necessarily emotional. It could be uh, neurological, so like a lack of serotonin, for example, yeah. in the brain. But especially if you notice it amping up when stress or anxiety go up, Mm. then it's very likely your body's attempt to sort of control something that feels uncontrollable. I Um, remember talking, sorry, I I remember talking uh, to my therapist about it and I was like, you know, it should be something I'd be worried about. And she was like, it's only a problem if if it gets in the way. Did you say it was a problem if it gets in my way? (laughs) (laughs) No, but like, that's probably why I'm so quick to leave a house and you're so quick to like, and kind of like dwaddle. Um, is that Dwaddle? Dwaddle? Diddle? I know. I, I, D- 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 I am not quick to diddle. <laughs> <laughs> Doddle? Are you saying Doddle? Oh, you're quick to diddle. <laughs> That's why we're married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no, no. Oh, interesting. So you doddle. shoot out of the... Doddle. Doddle. What did I say? Dwaddle? Dwaddle. <laughs> <laughs> but I like Dwaddle. I'm going to try some Dwaddling later. Yeah, I, I leave very gradually because I'm absent-minded and I always worry that I forgot something. And you, like, shoot out of entrances like like there's an Indiana Jones, like, <laughs> like door The door's closing. <laughs> Meanwhile, I have a checklist that I put in my head yeah. every single time. And, and I can see it. it. Well. And, and just like, boom, boom, boom. Okay, I got my keys, got my wallet, got my thing. Boom, let's go. I have no such checklist. And you're like, oh, I only have one shoe. Can we go back? I'm like, how did you leave Every time one I shoe? leave, it's like I'm leaving for the first time. <laughs> like, oh my God, do I need pants where we're going? Because I didn't put any pants. So anyway. <laughs> anyway, so so yes, OCD is a, an extreme version of wow. ritual in okay. response to anxious thoughts. So um, for example, Lang and team made people anxious by assigning them a public speaking task. And then they also had like a low arousal group that they didn't freak out. And they used motion capture technology to basically notice all the little mini behaviors of both groups. And mm-hmm. they found that the uh, anxious group, they actually, first of all, they said, yes, I feel more anxious, but they also had much more increased repetitive motions and more rigidity in their motions. So it's like their bodies became stiffer and more mechanical and more repetitive. So why? Why is that? 
like why does putting on deodorant what is it like you have to have a certain number of strokes per yeah. arm per yeah. underarm yeah. like what about nine that and eight nine and eight fantastic so <laughs> if, if, we're, if we're being look i'm an open book i, I want to share with everyone a fascinating so read you are nine eight eight yeah okay and why do you think that reduces anxiety if one theory around ritual is that it reduces anxiety why would repetitive behaviors reduce anxiety i think it goes back to control right like i'm trying to have some some little area to control Mm. like um that that you're hoping the universe does the rest like look i've done my part i did nine strokes on the left and and eight on the right which should be the other way around because i'm right-handed anyway i'll look into that i'll come back in a a couple weeks and try that out but um just don't dwaddle just don't dwaddle i'm not gonna dwaddle on it uh but i think that's your way of trying to have some kind of control yeah Uh, because that's really the only thing you can't control is like what you do on a on a regular yeah in the midst of the uncontrollable it gives mm-hmm. you something very concrete to control and maybe it has something to do with some of the the stories that we grew up hearing you know mm. um you did this dance and then rain would happen and then yeah. as you get older you learn about native american dances for different things and native well, american this, ceremonies this, for this different is something things. that i it's not my area of expertise but if you look at the anthropological research you find that uh cultures with much more uncertainty and strain tend to be much more ritualistic oh that goes back to what i was saying like growing up yeah uh not just the stories but like we had not written stories but we would be told certain things if you don't do this then this will happen Mm -hmm. and also like when you're a kid you know step on a crack break break your mama's back you know step on your step on a line break your mama's spine you know like that whole is that just because it rhymed uh, no, it's it's true. Oh, uh, yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, from what I understand, <laughs> so, the, the, me, the brain and spine therapy study uh, showed that, that if you do step on a crack. But to me, that falls in the category of superstition versus ritual. But it becomes Both are about a sense yeah. Of but it becomes that superstition kind of feeds into your everyday, right? Or, and, and it becomes like, oh, okay, well, I can't step on a yeah. crack because nothing bad happened because I avoided the cracks last time and I had a great spelling yeah. test or whatever. You start learning, yeah. you start putting things together. Like we were just talking something about um, one of our animals, right? We were saying that uh, when Loki cries, he knows. That... Oh, because we were, you were saying this morning, you were like, there's literally never been a time where we didn't feed our cat. <laughs> Why does he keep crying? Yeah. And he's almost 16 years old. And I was like, well, because we feed him every morning. So he assumes that... <laughs> crying yeah. is the thing that's leading him to be fed but to to me again that feels like more like it falls in the superstition category of believing that there's a certain link between two things when there's probably not a link between those things but, but you're right don't if you know combine, superstition. well no but i'm saying i think that's how human superstition oh, happens you yeah. know if you're like oh i wore these socks and then i won this game you put those two together in your brain yeah. or you just don't want to find out that you're wrong yeah. because it's not worth the risk of taking off the state or socks. Or if you are you wrong, you could somehow justify, oh, well, the socks were on the other feet. Yeah, right. You know, right. like I have a left But you're right. right. I mean, both of those come back to a sense of control because mm-hmm. if you feel like everything is outside of your control, it's extremely anxiety provoking. Because no matter how much you prepare for a game, yeah. you show up that day and you don't know really what's going to happen. Right. And you have an idea because of how you prepared, but yeah. you really don't know. The other theory around why it reduces anxiety is just potentially just that it's a distraction. So, for example, Hmm. Boyer and Lennard proposed that physical actions lead to a swapping of working memory that temporarily reduces anxiety. So it's like instead of filling your brain Hmm. with 
thinking about what's about to happen or, you know, trying to plan for what's ahead, you're literally focusing on putting salt on that piece of paper and crumpling it up. <laughs> so so not stressing about the outcome, you're stressing about this the little thing. The thing right in yeah. front of you. And not necessarily even stressing. It's like Van Dillen and Cool, the way they put it, they said the attentional demand minimizes anxiety by blocking intrusive thoughts. So mm. it's like you're you're emptying your mind of thinking those anxious thoughts because mm. you're putting salt on a piece of paper and yeah. counting to five and that kind of thing. And when you told me to do that, it actually was like, Oh, what's this going to do? Right. So I, I wasn't, I wasn't nervous at all. I was like, Oh shit. Like this is probably on this. Does, does like Whitney Houston do this or Alina <laughs> Horn or something like that? So I'm going to throw this on and be like, Hey, hey, hey. I so, mean, it worked. Yeah. I mean, I did. I sounded just like, Whitney so, Horn. <laughs> so going back to the question of like, why is it that rituals improve performance? One theory is that it reduces anxiety mm -hmm. through distraction and heightened sense of control. Another theory is that it increases focus. So I'm going to recreate another little version of an experiment with you right now, All if right. you're willing. Salt. Okay. No, no salt for this sure? one. <laughs> yes. Salt over there. Okay. Um, this is, by the way, a study done by Vaz, Wang, Gino, and Norton. Can I get some credit for not taking a shot at any of the names you said oh, so far? Oh, you've been doing really well I've, with this not is, making I'm, something I'm names. working on. I appreciate yeah, that. And I'm yeah. sure that other researchers appreciate that as well. All right. Well, let's see okay. how far I can get. So I see, you know, I asked you today to come to this episode prepared with a few food options. And you can you just me... tell our listeners what the options are? <laughs> you told me to bring two jelly beans of the same color. Yeah. And I brought two red jelly beans, jumbo jelly beans, because I don't eat regular ones. Mm -hmm. um, then I brought two red sprees. Okay. And I bought two. I brought two banana runts. Okay. And then I bought two. I brought uh, two um, cherry Jolly Ranchers. Okay. And just because I, I wasn't sure what the experiment was going to be, so, so you wanted to come prepared. I wanted to make sure I, I had all the bases covered. Okay. This is why you're so good at leaving the house. <laughs> um, okay. So which of these? I, I'm going to say let's not do the Jolly Rancher because you're going to be indisposed for a while with the Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> well, Can we go with the runs? It sounds like a challenge to me. <laughs> Let's bring the Jolly Ranchers. Can we go with the banana runs? Yeah. What I'd love for you to do is eat one of those banana runs. Hi, this is Ross, the host of Smells Like Humans, a show about interesting and quirky human behavior. We bring humor, empathy, and warmth to topics such as relationships, dating, work, self-compassion, weddings, phobias, aging parents, travel mishaps, death, and many more. Ever wonder what happens at a cuddle party? We talk about it. Free-range kids in restaurants? We've got some thoughts. Bedtime stories for adults? We're on it. Light, fun, unscripted conversation and personal stories? Please join us by clicking the link in the show notes. Uh, all right. All right. Just go ahead and eat it. Okay, but what? I don't usually crunch these. <laughs> I usually like keep them in my mouth for a little bit, but I I can't. I can't. If you're willing no. to crunch, right. just just uh, for for efficiency. Delicious. Okay. All right. Then I'm going to teach you a quick tasting ritual. Okay. Okay. Ready? Mm -hmm. So you done with that run? Yes. Okay. Uh, I want you to smack your lips together three times. Okay. Great. Now lick your teeth, and now lick them in the opposite direction. Okay. Great. And now puff out your cheeks. Two more times, and now eat the other runt. Do you notice any flavor differences between the first runt and the second runt? <laughs> second runt had a trace of Himalayan salt. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, the second one tasted a little flatter. Flatter? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Like, 
it didn't hit my tongue like interesting like the so the did. first banana runt was was tastier mm-hmm. all right so that did not i was not able to recreate those results as usual uh as usual <laughs> <laughs> studies suck son. So, that's why they need to start doing it on some people like me um <laughs> uh, for fortunately and unfortunately, there are very few people quite like you, Brandon. <laughs> so what Bozen team found is that doing a ritual for most people enhanced the eating experience. Oh, I meant, yeah, the second one was better. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but it didn't for you. No. I mean, it's possible that... It's possible it was a bad run. It, it could have been it could have been the runt of the runts. <laughs> what, just in case people are like, what is he eating? What is a banana oh, runt? Oh, stop it. There's not one listener out there who doesn't know what a runt is. And I don't I think you it. should be assuming that. I, I'm, I'm sorry you grew up in Ukraine, <laughs> Soviet Republic. I'm so sorry about that, but I'll be damned if you're going to sit here okay, and tell I me that knew... our listeners don't know what a runt is. Okay, look, I refuse. I will, first of all, listeners, please feel free to... Write in, you know, talk to us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Let us know if Brian is completely wrong here. Oh, my God. I have the, seen and, those and, little, they're these tiny little banana-shaped candies, but I had mm-hmm. no idea until this very moment they're called banana runts. Well, it, it, the runts, banana flavored. So there's lime, orange, okay. cherry. You're very knowledgeable. And strawberry and it. banana. And yeah. banana is the only one shaped like a banana. Interesting. And I bought a box of just bananas. Of just bananas. <laughs> Okay. Because I don't so, play games. Because so, I'm not over here to play games. Yeah. I mean, you do. We did play, literally played a game earlier. Yes, today. we did. We played some b-ball. B-ball. So, um, basketball, in case anyone's wondering. Oh, come on, runts, b-ball. <laughs> Let me explain what b-ball I'm is. I'm trying to be inclusive with my oh, language. Oh, gosh. Okay, anyway. So, we talked about. I don't think anyone calls it b-ball anymore, <laughs> just by the way. <laughs> so, we talked about rituals reducing anxiety. The other reason that rituals might have this important role in improving performance is that they increase focus or self-control in general. So for example, Tian and team found that people who performed ritualistic gestures were able to exert more self-control than people who performed the same gestures, but they were told that they're random or people who didn't perform any, any gestures at all. So it's almost like rituals make us feel disciplined. Hmm. You know, you do your eight and nine or whatever, or give me another ritual that you have. Splash water in my face three times, water over my head. Uh, twice and that's supposed to wake me up like that's supposed to like get me alert okay so that's your alertness ritual Mm -hmm. and so first thing in the morning like when i wake up so what tan and team's research suggests is that it might be that just thinking of that as a ritual Mm -hmm. makes you already feel more disciplined so after you do your ritual if i say something like hey i know you have things on your to-do list but do you want to just binge watch tv instead you're more likely to stick with doing the right thing Mm. because you've already kind of primed your brain to see yourself as really disciplined so my ritual picked up when we got all of our animals so Mm. like because i knew i had to get up and i had goats waiting to be let out and i had pigs ready yeah we don't really get to like stay in bed (laughs) yeah no no no. so i mean we get to like maybe till 7 7 15 why do you have to say that all seductive maybe till 7 yeah i I wasn't trying to be seductive that was me picturing a pillow That was me picturing myself sleeping. Well, no, we, into a well, sometimes we get to sleep yeah, until yeah. eight. That's like, true, that, but that's mean, like it's very that's rare. Us being like yeah. borderline irresponsible. But no, no, no. But everyone's asleep. If the weather's nice, we could sleep until like eight. We can get away with eight. Yeah. But normally we're up at like six thirty or out in the field by seven. So you're saying once we started, yeah, taking once, care of once all these different all animals, animals, you were, became more ritualized. Absolutely. Well, hmm. the ritual became stronger, and like 
you're right. Because if I were to do all that stuff and then you were like, hey, let's just go back to bed for like an hour. I'd be like, no, got to go get goats. Got to go get Because you're already gotta, in yeah, discipline I'm, I'm mode. I'm like, go. Yeah. So there's even evidence suggesting that, for example, East Asians from highly ritualized Confucian cultures mm-hmm. have better self-regulation compared with people from Western cultures who are less ritualized. Sounds like a challenge, but okay. Let's bring it on. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know. Well, it depends. I, mean, I don't know. They've never done it like side-by-side comparison to people who have the number of animals that we have. So yeah, maybe that's, that's like, yeah. that's making us more Confucian. Okay. All right. But I'll be on team non-Fucian and, and then <laughs> Confucius and then I'll be on non-Fucian and then we'll see who And then who we wins. can compare. Yeah. Uh, people in the military seem to be more disciplined because of rigid drills that they go through. Mm-hmm. So it's like the more ritual is in your culture, whether that's geographic culture or family culture or professional culture, the more self-control you're able to exert. So it might be that one of the reasons that rituals improve performance is they make us more disciplined. That makes sense. More focused, or even like, better yeah. self-control. I would even say, um, go so far as like with the military stuff, that it also builds stronger teams. Yes. As opposed to like we'll one We'll definitely talk about that too. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about that shortly. Um, but then the last explanation for why rituals might be so effective in improving performance is that they trigger automatic versus effortful actions. So it's like, let's say that you're teaching... And you go through your six-song list. It was an eight-song list. Oh, uh, eight. So the way that this hypothesis works is basically your brain is like, oh, I know this. We do the songs and then we do the teaching. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you don't have to work as hard to start teaching because you've already put your brain on this like... Landing gear. Track. What's landing like, gear? Like, like when a plane is descending, it put it doesn't put its landing gear down when... It's two inches from the ground. Oh, interesting. It starts the landing process like several miles yeah, from the Yeah, so airport. it's kind of like yeah, that. So yeah. Like or even like taking care of the animals. You're like, mm-hmm. all right, let me do these four splashy, washy things first. And mm-hmm. then it's almost like you don't even have to put in the effort to go, huh, am I going to feed the animals? Yeah. Am I going to clean up? That works so much better also with inclement weather. If there's like a big storm, whether rain or snow, yeah. that just puts something in your way. But if you have that like launching pad of your ritual yeah. then you're already like I, I can figure out whatever's gonna happen when i get out there like yeah. i'll figure out whatever i need I'll yeah 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 i thought that was really convincing for me okay so let's talk about you already brought up some of the other benefits of rituals so it turns out that rituals actually can do a lot more than just reduce anxiety and improve performance can i do one more mini experiment on you based on a study by norton and gino is this gonna like raise a spirit or something uh, raise what? Like a spirit or something? A spirit? No. Yeah, like a demon or something? Because that's a ritual. I mean, it, that is a... for sure, but so far we haven't been able to replicate it in a lab. Uh-huh. Science. Sorry. Sorry. Science. <laughs> All right. This one, you don't have to eat anything and no salt required, although you can get salty if you wish. <laughs> can you briefly describe mm-hmm. a difficult breakup you experienced and how you coped? Not yet. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Boo. No. Okay. No high five. Um, no. no. A difficult breakup. Yeah. I'm usually the one who does the uh-huh. cutting out the ties. Uh-huh. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> difficult breakup. Uh, and what did I do to cope? Yeah. All right. So recently. Um, recently? Ha- yeah. Happened about a month ago. What? Uh, look, it's over. <laughs> We're talking about breakups. So don't get all. It's over. Okay. It's not reheat since for dinner. Uh-huh. No. This was a, a while ago before Is I met Is that weird you. that you said that and that made me crave leftovers? <laughs> So as long as they're not reheated. No, no, no. Okay, so and just like, for we, listeners, in case you're wondering why I'm I'm <laughs> questioning the timeline here, is we, to my knowledge, been married for the past 
13 years or so. Yeah, but I mean, you know, we're, we're modern people. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're not. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, no. I, I'll be modern. No, 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 we're not modern anymore. We're, we're old-fashioned. <laughs> okay, so, no, so this was before I met you. Um, one of the things I did was went to the movies religion, like, religiously like ritualistically i guess mm, um so i that's that was what I okay would do. okay I would just... awesome all right thank you thanks i'm glad you had several heartbreaks to draw on <laughs> so so norton and gino found that people who engaged in a ritual reported feeling less grief than those who only wrote about loss without talking about ritual hmm. so they asked people to talk about sad experiences they had um or experiences of loss so someone dying or hmm. uh, a breakup that was really heartbreaking and the people who were better at coping were the ones that were more likely to talk about having some form of ritual hmm. as a way to cope. Uh, in another one of their experiments, they invited people into the lab and told them that they'd be part of a random drawing to win $200. You got that glint in your eye. No, because one of those things it was like... <laughs> Uh, science does this thing where they're like, hey, you get a new puppy. Oh, no puppy. See what he's doing. See what he's thinking. Look at his face. Look at his face. What is that? Mark it. Mark it. That's science. Motion that's capture. Science. Motion that's, capture. That's science. Okay. So so they said, um, so welcomes, you know, come on. I don't know why I just made it look like a... Like a <laughs> Game uh, show. <laughs> Welcome to science. $200, please. So they told them, you know, you're part of this random drawing for $200. They asked them to write about all the ways they would use the money. And then uh, after the random draw, they divided the losers into two groups. So obviously most people lost, or I think, I'm not actually sure. I think maybe everyone lost, you're right. Um, <laughs> so they divided people into two groups. Um, some people were asked to engage in a ritual and other people did a very similar activity, but it wasn't called a ritual. And those who performed a ritual after losing in the lottery reported feeling less grief. You know, there was no money. You don't think there was ever any money? Hell no. It was a science experiment. I mean, to be fair. They're going to waste grant money. No, they're going to put that in their pockets. I was going to say, to be fair, that's like, that's not a great use of money. If all you want to do is make people sad and study them, you should never have to spend money on that. No, but people, everyone loves money and everyone yeah. needs money. And these poor yeah. fucking people that are like, let me write my ass. Let me write No, that's my the part off. that's particularly so sad. <sighs> science. So anyway, why? Why do you think that ritual helps us cope with loss and with grief? Again, I, I keep coming back to control. I okay. keep coming back to like something to do that you could physically take care of because you can't control whether I submit an essay and I win or lose, especially if it's like a random thing. If if we all get, you know, like a lottery. Another explanation might be that it creates some space for emotional processing. So you're actually sitting with the emotion versus chasing it away. Like mm -hmm. your movie viewing ritual, it was like almost like you were giving yourself space and permission to have the feeling and to yeah. like spend time with the feeling it was it was a way for me to also kind of speed up that feeling because mm -hmm. like i had a tendency to kind of push everything down right yeah. so like i had a tendency to not want to be sad try to find the humor out of it make a joke out of it write a piece about it write a yeah. joke or something but i was i was seeing movies like you know night in rodanthe or something you know like these these hard on emotional. the heart emotional things oh interesting you know? so you were Putting your emotions into those. Yeah, that was part of the ritual is by letting oh. them. And then I'd follow it up with like a horror film or something like that oh, to, to kind of, you know, just to kind of get, no, but like, you know, feel the emotion. It's like and you were using the... uppers and downers but <laughs> as movies. <laughs> that gives me an idea for like a Netflix, except it's psychological. So Ooh. you do like a quick little, as soon as you log in, you do like a three question emotional self-assessment and oh, it like shit. diagnoses you and gives you movies as treatment. 
That's awesome. Another possibility is that some rituals, especially rituals that include movement, release endorphins. So if you're doing some sort of like morning ritual, especially with others in a group with others, like it might actually improve your well-being because it's releasing those hormones and those neurotransmitters. Hmm. It's interesting that we do it as individuals and also on a cultural level, we have grieving rituals that we do collectively as well. So speaking of which, one other key benefit of rituals... I know I said no more experiments. Can I do one? Please. You know, I love the experiments. This isn't exactly recreating anyone's study, but I'll talk a lot about the research that's been done related to what I'm about to do. Okay. Okay. All right. So. (laughs) (laughs) I'm about to do. (laughs) So I'm going to hum. I'm going to ask you to try to match my hum. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Ready? Don't leave me hanging. No, Luna, don't, don't leave me hanging. Me <laughs> and listeners, if you want to hum with us, please do. Okay. okay ready? All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <sighs> don't look ready? at me, though. Don't look at me. Okay. okay. I won't look at you. All right. Okay. You okay? Yeah. Your, your eyes were kind of like popping out of me. Oh, no, no, that's just my allergies. Okay, okay. <laughs> Do you feel any closer to me emotionally? Yeah, I felt like we were writing a little love song there. Oh, it was a love song? Yeah, I thought so. Aww. Well, we just saw Girls 5 episode, so I'm like, let's yeah. write something. And if you're not watching that show and listening to this podcast, stop and just go watch go that watch. show instead. That's an Girls 5 show. ever. Oh, I love that you thought that was a love song. That's yeah, it felt like it felt like it was a cool too. thing. Okay. Yeah. So, what was that all about? Many researchers have found that interpersonal rituals done together mm-hmm. with others can improve closeness in groups, as you've mentioned. You know, there are tons of examples of like marriage ceremonies, prayer rituals, even things we do across the world on holidays. It turns out that when you have people do these group rituals, even in a lab, even ones that aren't associated with like a belief system, the outcomes aren't just emotional resonance and connection, but better cooperation, social cohesion, perceived social support, compassion, and team performance, better team performance as well, which you mentioned earlier. So one of the most beautiful things I ever saw when I first moved to New York, and it wasn't something that was advertised, wasn't something that I ever saw flyers for, nothing was on the anniversary of John Lennon's death and on his birthday at Strawberry Fields. Mm. On those particular days, the crowd that would gather there was so immense and they were singing Mm. the same songs led by, who knows, like the songs would just start and people would just start singing them. And, And they would, in heart, like Tanya, it was like, it was a choir, but, but, but that didn't a mean a practice. Yeah. yeah. And, and there was no playlist. There was no set list. It was just like, and some songs would come back. Some people would be like, let's do this one again or whatever. Yeah. There was no discussion. I, I mean, I was just blown away. And it was one of those moving things. I'm Dr. Julie Bruni. And I'm Dr. Jeremy Allen. And we want to be your doctor friends. We are two physicians who work at a nationally ranked practice and take care of some of the world's greatest athletes. We field questions all the time that start with, my cousin told me this, or like a fitness guru sent me a targeted ad about that. We love answering these questions and offering peace of mind to our loved ones. So are you feeling confused? Listen to your doctor friends. Adrift in a sea of medical misinformation? Listen to your doctor friends. Just bored on a Tuesday? Listen to your doctor friends. Come on, let's be friends. Get by with a little help from your doctor friends. Listen to your doctor friends podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 
It is. Happens. It's like one of the most goosebump tears punching you from behind your eyes mm-hmm. kind of feelings when you see that kind of synchrony, especially between strangers. Yeah. Like I was thinking also about at the start of the pandemic or maybe toward the early i don't know i don't know where we are timeline now but so let's just say <laughs> let's just say start ish of the pandemic when there was the banging pots and pans ritual oh, for the, as for the, a show for the, of yeah, gratitude to yeah sure first responders and, and medical professionals and i remember reading stories about these buildings where people just kept doing it and doing it and doing it even after lot like the majority of people stopped mm-hmm. because it was their moment to kind of pause and connect with each other yeah. and feel like a, a community So why do you think ritual has the power to connect us so much? And again, going back to those, the impacts of it, it's not just a feel-good thing. It's Mm -hmm. cohesion, trust, cooperation, more willingness to provide support, greater empathy, and improved team performance on collaborative tasks. You know, years ago, I was a lot more skeptical about us, the human race, like people. Oh man, I thought this was another. No, 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 not about you and I. But like, uh, I was really, I really was. Like, uh, I, I was, and it's really easy right now to feel that. It's really easy right now to feel skeptical about like what we're capable of. You know, um, especially as tumultuous as things got after the last election, and you see so much animosity and so much hate. And that's where I kind of thought years ago where we were. Mm. That's who I thought who like we were as a species. Like we're really good. And a lot of things, but we're really good at war. Mm. Like we're really good at bringing the violence and bringing the pain. But we know we're capable of something different, of something better, of something united, something more beautiful. And if you look at the two opposing sides of this country right now, the two opposing sides are pretty united, you know what I mean? In their, in their hatred of, of the other group or whatever. They have a lot in common. But what I'm saying is, is that to, we come together pretty good and mm. we can do that when we're not using fear and all these other stuff, all yeah. these other things. Um, Maybe we should do some humming together as a country. <laughs> I just think that we do these rituals and it's not just liberals and conservatives and these people who do everyone has these rituals everyone's ha- everyone has gatherings and everyone has that feel good of knowing i'm shoulder to shoulder with someone who believes what i believe yeah who wants the best for for me and this person and that person and everyone i can physically see i think we lost track somewhere along the line of like that that could be all of us that yeah. that could be and i, I don't want to sound like um, hey we're light candles hold hands but I'm saying we're capable of so much but maybe. More. I mean, I think going into this research, I was somewhat, I was pretty skeptical because I'm mm. like, you know, it's kind of kumbaya stuff. Yeah, yeah. But like, there's a reason that people do it and it's mm-hmm. because it works. So, for example, Payas and team found that when you have people kind of synchronize their physicality, it makes people feel that their emotions are synchronized Hmm. spore and kelly they they described as a feeling of oneness and bonding that happens with members of a group when you're synchronized with each other it's nice if you're all watching the same tv show for example because there's a sense of shared attention but even that we don't have anymore because you know everyone's doing their own thing in their own little bubble but especially if you can get people to repeat the same steps in the same exact order it completely changes how we see each other it could even be somewhat dangerous so for example hobson gino norton and inslich they found that 
if you create that feeling of synchrony, of connection, it really improves empathy and compassion, but only for the group that you're doing the ritual with. That's what and I'm it actually about. heightens yeah. your sense of us versus the opposition. That's what I'm talking exactly. about exactly when you have these two yeah. uh, groups in this country. And yeah. I'm sure there's more factions, but I'm saying like two largest groups. Yeah. You know, uh, when we think about rituals going all the way back to the beginning of language and uh, groups and tribes and things, rituals were meant to ward off fear. Mm-hmm. Rituals were meant to keep away the evil spirits, keep away the evil thought. I don't think that's any different right now. Look, growing up, my family was really into Santeria, but I don't think I ever learned what the beauty of that religion is because what I saw was a really dark side to it. And and it was all built on fear. It was all built on doing these rituals. <laughs> and, you know, right now my brother and I joke around that my mom still has me and my brother's hair in the freezer. They keep you telling know, me that she has my hair She has your her hair in your freezer. And it's like a protective spell. It's a protective thing. Yeah. The ojo, right? Like somewhere there's a bot, there's a jar of water in my sister's house <laughs> with my mom behind a door to, because whatever that means is going to make yeah. them okay. You know, um, I remember I used to have to wear this chain around my neck. Uh, it was a little bottle and it had, I don't know what in it. And it was to keep, because someone had apparently put the whammy, put the ojo, the evil eye on our family. So I had to rich, I had to do this ritual. I had to walk around this little chain, a little bottle of something around yeah. my neck until my mom was like, you don't have to wear it anymore, mijo. We're good. Wow. And I was like, I don't know what the hell this means. I wonder but- if she had like an app, like the, like, like what you get with the weather <laughs> alert, you know, like. The rain has passed. <laughs> the OOF. Oh my gosh. But we had we had our own Gulenera. You know, we had our own She was like your spiritual guide. Yeah, I guess you could say that. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. I guess you that's that's really put like that's edgy, really edgy spiritual the boy, guide. You, advisor. That's our that's our spiritual guide. That's you boy, you really put that spiritual in there. Spiritual advisor. Woo dog. Yeah, yeah. With uh, a really fascinating bag of <laughs> tools and resources. Yeah. But yeah, I mean again, I think you're like what you're bringing up also brings up like belief and faith and mm-hmm. superstition with ritual. Mm-hmm. It, Technically, belief in something isn't a ritual. Doing specific actions and combining that with the belief, that's where the ritual comes. And actually what you brought up, what the research shows is that the more effortful and strange the ritual, the more effective it is. And maybe, you know, it has some... Let me ask you, let me... Let me <laughs> ask me one day about the, the story with the egg when I had I think uh, I have to ask egg. you about the story oh, with shit. the egg. Okay, so when I was growing up, I had this really bad, like a child ulcer. I was already in like first grade or kindergarten. I can't remember. I, I'm almost like first grade. Let's say first grade. And I was having really bad stomach problems. And my mom didn't want to pay for medical treatment. So <laughs> what she did was she went to our um, our spiritual advisor. <laughs> so her name was Gloria. So I came home from school one day and we had our apartment had carpet everywhere except for the kitchen. Um, the kitchen had like linoleum tiles, right? And uh, I come home and uh, as soon as I walk in the door, now this is the thing, you know, you talk me through it and maybe I wouldn't have been so freaked out, but imagine this, y'all, imagine <laughs> this. This is a true story. I walk in, I'm, I'm first grade. I walk in, I've got my little satchel and I had my little shirt on. I had a polo that day and I had on my little tough skin jeans. I walk in <laughs> and uh, the door flies open as I touch it. Uh, which is also freaky because like I op- the, the door opens and my mom and my grandmother grab me 
right? Grab me by the shirt. There's no words here. There's no, Mijo, how was your day? Do you want a grilled cheese? Grab me, drag me into the kitchen, right? I'm already crying because I'm like, the hell is happening? <laughs> oh my this is my God. grandmother and my mom. They're not saying anything to me. Yeah. I see Gloria in the kitchen and I'm like, fudge. I'm like, this is going to be, I don't know. Because only, I've only ever seen her at her home and she scared the absolute hell out of me. So she was in my house, <laughs> in my kitchen where all the Kool-Aid and all the fun stuff was. And they ripped my shirt off. So I'm, I'm bare chested in front of my grandmother and my mom and Gloria. And I've got my little brown belt and I'm like, what the hell? And they, they pull me on the floor and they hold my arms down. My, my, my mom's got one arm, my grandmother's oh my got gosh. the other arm and I'm on my back. And it's cold. I still feel the coldness of the, of the, I know I'm bare chat. Like, you know, okay. Still nothing is being, Hey, mijo, uh, this is what, what's going to happen. This is what we're going to do. Nothing. So I'm on my back. Gloria takes out an egg, starts saying stuff. It's not quite Spanish. And my grandmother and my mom, they were agreeing with what she was saying, but in a very <laughs> expressive manner. Okay. So they were like, ah, oh, yeah. You know, like, like just chanting almost. Okay. Right. And what's happening with the egg? So she's rubbing the egg all over my body. It's hard boiled or like a raw egg? You know what? I didn't ask for the recipe. <laughs> it's a cold egg all over my body. So she's rubbing it all over my body, on my head, and my neck. She's rubbing it on my stomach. She's saying things. And then she gets the egg and she breaks it into a clear glass. Boom. Blah, blah. She breaks it. Up. It's not clear glass because we didn't have clear glass. These had like little orange flowers on them. Okay. So I guess in the ritual, it's supposed to be a clear glass. But my mom was like, no, no, we use these. They're nicer. So she, boom. And then the egg goes in there and... I don't care if anyone believes me here, uh-huh. but it was a tiny person, a version of me. No, I'm <laughs> but it was, it was a, it was clear. And he was wearing a little brown belt. <laughs> he was wearing a little brown belt, but he had tough skin, Levi's jeans and I had tough skin. No. So it was a clear, it was clear. That's all I saw. I didn't okay. see a yellow yolk uh, or anything like mm-hmm. that. So maybe it was a setup egg. Maybe she brought this from home. Hey, she I'm got him. I don't know. Okay. But she put it in there and they, they all hugged me and they were, cr- I was, but listen, y'all, <laughs> I'm a tough person. I high pain tolerance. Not much scares me, but first grade brown belt wearing Brian Tufskins bare chested was bawling his eyes out. I was terrified. So did it work? So here's the thing. I don't know if they scared me straight. Like all of a sudden, like the, even the disease was like, I don't know what that was, but let's go. I'm find, out. Let's find another kid. I'm sure there's a white kid over there that that goes to a Baptist church. We'll go get his ass because. This is a little too messed up. So apparently that was the thing. And um, I don't know what we had to do with that egg. Or I think she drank it to take the... She drank your ulcer egg? To take the... um, For some reason that to me is the most disturbing part of this whole thing. That's the most disturbing part. I got manhandled by my mom and my grandmother. Uh, So anyway, that's the ritual. Wow. I don't know if we can use all that. I don't know what we can use or what we can't. I think but that the that's, world deserves to know. But when you said ritual, that like that's yeah. that's my association with that. So, so it scares so the shit. So here's the thing. You know, one of the things that researchers have been really curious about is like, Yeah, I want to hear what your researchers say about Does that a ritual work even if you don't believe it? Because, <laughs> you know, in that situation, probably it would be in your best interest to believe that it worked. Given, I, like, the power of the placebo effect yeah. and Because well, they did kind of tell stuff. me what it was for afterwards. Afterwards, okay. And I was like, oh, well, come to think of it, <laughs> I did poop my pants. So I don't have a pain right now. So maybe that was it. <laughs> so just a just blockage. Really constipated. But, you know, it's these little things. Like, do you believe it? I, 
I have no reason not to, because, I mean, why would they all be in sync about this one weird story? Yeah, why would humans do something that is really weird? All right, I see your tone. I see your tone. (laughs) But so, uh, Norton and Gino, researchers I mentioned earlier, they do a lot of work around ritual. What they found is that engaging in ritual-labeled behaviors Mm -hmm. compared with the same exact behaviors called random... Right. So let's say that Gloria was like, I'm just going to do this random stuff. I'm going to put mm-hmm. you on the floor. I'm going to rub this. We're going to see what happens. This, uh, rub this like random, uh, just random egg. Right. Versus if she did all that same stuff and called it a ritual. Or to use another example, the thing I had I feel to do. Like you're belittling no, no. My, uh, my experience by Honestly, saying if it, it worked. <laughs> but but um, like, for example, earlier when I had you do that ritual with drawing your mm-hmm. feelings and putting salt on it and all that kind of stuff. If I had just said, do these random things. Versus if I said, I'm going to teach you a ritual. Oh, It yeah. turns out that people who call it a ritual are more likely to see the positive effects of it. So you don't even really need to believe in something spiritual or religious or supernatural or whatever. Mm-hmm. You just have to call it a ritual. Yeah. So before we wrap up, yes. because not everyone can recreate that incredible <laughs> ritual that you just described. Or maybe they can. For the know. everyday user of mm-hmm. rituals, what makes one ritual more effective than the other? Your everyday rituals? like Yeah, you... like let's say that people are listening to this and they're like, you know mm-hmm. what? I want to start a ritual before I you know, spend time with my family so that I'm much mm-hmm. more focused and connected. Yep. Or maybe I want to start a ritual before I write so that I can be a lot more creative. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I have someone that I really struggle with emotionally at work and I'm going to start a start of the day ritual so that yep. I can come in and I can be cool, calm, and collected. So let's say that I want to create my very own ritual from scratch. Yeah. What are some of the ingredients of an effective ritual? I think it has to be physical. Yes. I, I think totally it has to, because I don't think you can do a ritual in your head, like, okay, blah, 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 visualize and that. that's great. But you also, I think has to be some kind of physical, physical thing. I think that physical thing also has to be so different from what you do on a daily yes. that it, it's kind of a shift of your, like your brain has to notice it. Yeah. And, and go, be surprised. We're doing the thing. We're yeah, doing the yeah, ritual. We're doing the thing. And, yeah. and I think like your brain has to, has to recognize that it's, it's different. I would also add from the research, the more elaborate is better. So add a few more steps. More meaningful is better. Mm -hmm. So being really clear on like, this ritual is going to make me feel X. You have to call it a ritual. Mm -hmm. Like if you just say, this is my routine, it doesn't work. So you have to be like, this is my ritual for resetting. This is my ritual for being creative. Exactly. And I love that it's specific for this. And then the last one is you want it to be emotionally congruent. So if you want a ritual to make you feel calmer, you probably shouldn't be running around screaming. But Uh-oh. if you want a ritual that's going to pump you up, then go ahead and run around screaming. That's probably why the I was speaking. That's why probably why my two hour classes were an hour and fifteen minutes because I was like, <laughs> yeah, because you pumped yourself. I up. was like, oh my gosh. Well, yeah. boy, come on, you sing Prince Ali and Friend and Me from Aladdin as the genie, and tell me you're not going to be all jazzed right. up. But so what the research shows is that if you want to trigger calmness, your ritual should be calming. I don't. I can't think of one calming song in. <laughs> Aladdin, so, I don't know what so, for example, you know, you always do the the haka dance. It's the, the, the <laughs> what is it? It's Talk about new, appropriation. Yeah, I do. New Zealand rugby. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm ritual. Le- I'm, I'm, I've learned a haka, and I do that to 
Yeah, so like imagine, so for those of you who don't know, it's like this this like beautiful war dance, yeah. right? Like synchronized war dance yeah. that you do regularly in the kitchen for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also do it when I go to like work out or if I'm going to go uh, hit the bag or something yeah, like so, that. Yeah, so imagine if the haka <laughs> can't believe instead... you called me out. Like, Damn. Imagine if instead it was like really somber and really slow. It probably <laughs> wouldn't pump you up no. to go win no. rugby. No. Am I saying that right? Win yeah, rugby? you can say that. Yeah. <laughs> go and win rugby and go and win the game, say. All right. That's all I got. Any takeaways or final thoughts for you? Um, I, I feel good knowing that rituals aren't bad or negative. Yeah. Um, I love yeah. the idea that you can use them for your benefit because I've always been afraid that my rituals get in the way of being in the moment or my rituals get in the way of like, just, just like let the outcome happen. Yeah. So it's like, don't overdo it. Don't make it about the ritual, mm-hmm. but have just enough of a ritual to yeah. help you get to that place that you want to be. So my takeaway is that rituals are good, they're safe, and they're and they have a benefit. So I'm glad I, I'm so happy that this is the outcome <laughs> because I didn't know where you were going with this. I thought you were gonna because you always no make longer fun of, make fun of you. Well, you always make fun of my rituals. Yeah, swipes. Yeah, yeah. I think another takeaway for me is just reconnecting with the power of being in sync with mm-hmm. other humans. And, and non-humans, other living beings. Like I think about how close I feel with animals when mm. we're on the same emotional wavelength, yeah. right? Like when we're da- like jumping around together, <laughs> you know, like it's cross species. And I think especially in our like very distributed virtual worlds that we're living in, that sounds yeah. very um, futuristic. Yeah, but very matrix. But how often do we get together and like do something in synchrony, yeah. sing together, dance together? You know, I, I just, I, I wonder... Where is there more space in our lives to create that kind of physical synchrony? Because I think as a species, we crave that and we need that. And it's showing in how lonely and fractured we are as a society that we're not doing enough of that kind of together in harmony. Beautiful. And you know what else? I'm going to embrace the ritual of wrapping up our episodes by asking our listeners to (laughs) leave us a review, leave us feedback, spread the word, help other people be higher performing, less anxious, more focused, more connected by learning about the psychology of ritual. And as usual, thank you for listening to Talk Talk Sight to Me. They're planning something.